Iowa everywhere. All right, boys, it's game day. Let's go. Let's go. Big game. Got a big game today. My package has arrived. Oh, sweet. Nice. Score! Great win, fellas. What game's next? G-Men are having a great year. Let's go blue! Here we go. Primetime football. Texans, Dolphins. Let's do this. Yes! Review. Yes! Yes! Heartland flags. Every sport. Every team. Every flag. Every team? That's right. Fine, fine. I'll get a Washington flag, too. Find your flag and so much more with fast, free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. Every sport, every team, every flag. Almost. Loyal sons forever true. Go Cyclones. Success in farming is all about precision and efficiency. Ensuring every seed, every drop of water, every nutrient and treatment counts. TerraPlex Ag is helping farmers all over Iowa and the Midwest do just that. With precision ag drone technology and support from TerraPlex, you'll boost your productivity and make timely and informed decisions, all while reducing your costs and increasing your profit. It's time to revolutionize your farming. Harvest the benefits with TerraPlex Ag. Visit TerraPlexAg.com. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome into the Channel Seed Studios. It's Firmly Entrenched right here on Iowa everywhere i'm jake bren with local five sports based out of des moines joined out always by my good friend nick osen up in madison osen how you doing my man jake I'm, I'm doing great you know it's it's obviously a busy time just kind of wrapped up national signing day earlier this week and you know as we're headed into the holidays which which are always a great time we'll get into that a little bit Excited to, to talk about some bowl games and a little hoops today as well. Yeah, it is like the busiest day of the year for you, pretty much. I guess yesterday was. I yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, that was, you know, we were talking before the show, obviously, about, about some long work days. And yeah, I was just kind of all over the place a little bit between Illinois and Wisconsin, churning out a bunch of stories. But it, it's a really fun day. You know, it's cool, obviously for the schools to get some great players and obviously for these young athletes to kind of be able to, you know, fulfill their dreams and get ready for the next level. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. What a, what a day, what a rewarding day today. We're going to be previewing the Liberty bowl. We won't have a show next week. Aiden and I will both be on the road during our normal scheduled day and then with bowl activities and all that stuff um we're just going to treat this week's show as the bowl preview so it's going to be pretty evergreen if you want to wait to listen till your road to memphis 
probably now's your cue to turn it off and save it for later, but we're <laughs> still going to have some fun today. Uh, we'll also talk a little hoops at the end. Um, the team has one more game tonight, but I can't imagine many things will change after a matchup with Eastern Illinois. But before we get into sports, we got to do some housekeeping. So I was in Colorado this whole last week. I was in Denver a couple of days with some friends. And then we went up to the mountains a few different days. And when we were in the mountains, we stayed in a hotel room. We had some thermostat issues. Nothing was wrong with the thermostat. It was just what it was set to. Nick, I, I want you to guess which side you think that I was on. So, okay, so it was set at a certain number, and you you didn't like that number. I'm going to okay. say that it was it was set, where are you, Colorado? Maybe way too low? Oh, no. Oh, no. So, on Friday night, I wake up at 4 in the morning, just drenched in sweat. <laughs> And I see the thermostat not only is set to heat, which is already a war crime, it's set to 72. I'm like, this is horrible. When I get to a hotel, the first thing that I do is I go over to the thermostat and I set it to the lowest it can possibly go. If it can go down to 50, I'm setting that thing to 50. If it goes down to 45, I swear, there's nothing better than a cold hotel room (laughs) i i could not believe and then the second night they set it at 74 it felt like i was at my it felt like i was at a nursing home and they just (laughs) keep it at 95 degrees in there it was horrible it was i so so like typically i'm in a hotel by myself like almost always so it's it's never really an issue, but obviously I wasn't going to go in there and set it to 58 or whatever. So if you're, if you have a disagreement in a hotel room with somebody, whether it's a good friend, a significant other, what, what's like the proper etiquette? Is it just, should it be meet in the middle? Cause that's what I think it should be. Yeah. So, okay. So you were kind of, you know, in disagreement with your friends, they had it set much higher, right? And yeah. you just didn't want to kind of make a big like, deal. Yeah. And I'm like, this is way too hot. So I woke up at four in the morning, drenched in sweat. And then I brought it down to like 68, which is perfectly reasonable. And they're both yeah. like, I woke up freezing cold. <laughs> it, it, it sent a shock to my system. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of the way to go about it though. I'm a little surprised because I like it, you know, a little bit cooler, but dude, if you're getting into the fifties, like, that is actually really cold just for a normal room, you know, especially at this time of year. But yeah, 72, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't have it that high. 74, yeah, you're getting toward kind of like grandparents' houses, or what did you say, nursing home uh, type feel. Those are generally obviously warmer, but for the most part, I'm with you. Not quite to that extreme, but, but yeah, I'm with you on that. So my dad's house, it's really old, like over 100 years old. And the uh, the furnace is like a physical, I don't know, three by four foot big furnace that's just connected to the wall. 
and during the winter there's no turning it off like it's just automatic so my room would get so hot so it doesn't matter if it was like negative five degrees out my window's wide open at night and it's blowing <laughs> cold air in and it would it would cause like a tornado with the with the differing and and heat and cool but we won't we won't talk about that much more i just had to get that off my chest i no, it was worth it i'll be i'll be in a hotel this week in memphis orlando by myself and you can bet when i walk in there let's get that sucker down to 55 hopefully no way i'll, I'll settle for 60 I'll, I'll i'll post on twitter i'll bring like a i'll bring a thermostat and we'll i'll prove how cold it is in there yeah, but uh, if you're getting into the 50s, send out the picture. I don't buy that one. <laughs> it only only if they go down to the 50. Not all of them do. Some of them yeah. stop at 60, which I demand a refund at that point. <laughs> let's uh, let's move to bowl games. We'll we'll close with our holiday plans. How's okay. That sound. So the Liberty Bowl in eight days. We're recording this, of course, on Thursday, the 21st, a week from tomorrow. Iowa State will be taking on the nine and three Memphis Tigers in Memphis in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, and I'm just going to give like a two minute kind of just brief rundown of who Memphis is after doing some research, watching tape. So they are, I would say, on the second tier of the American. They finished fourth. Their only two losses in conference were to the two teams that played in the conference title game. And then their third loss was to Missouri, who, of course, is really good playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. So no bad losses, but no uh, crazy wins. Their their best win was, was probably Boise State. But this team puts up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. They are a prolific offense top 10, top 15, top 20, and pretty much every major offensive category. On top of that, they've got a really experienced three-year starting quarterback as a junior by the name of Seth Hennigan. Really steady, really consistent, doesn't make too many mistakes. Really good skill guys, running back, receiver. They are missing two offensive linemen that entered the transfer portal. But other than that, everybody on their offense as of now is playing the defense um on the other hand very suspect their defense coordinator was fired after the season they're pretty much in the 100s for every major defensive category so and just kind of looking generally through the stats and the ranks their comparison whether to a better or worse level from what I saw, it was Oklahoma State. Just as far as really pretty good offense, not so great defense. So that's not going to be perfect, obviously, but that's just kind of to give you an idea what you can expect in your head. So, Nick, is there anything that, that I might have left out in what you need to know about the Memphis Tigers? No, I, I mean, in terms of just kind of that initial breakdown, I don't think so. You know, one note that you had really jumped out at me. I'd, I'd be interesting what this number would be for like an Iowa State, but 10 different players caught touchdowns for Memphis, which I think is quite impressive in terms of, you know, obviously having those weapons like you mentioned and 
spreading the ball around. I think that's a pretty high number, obviously. You know, the defense, not a strength, but some good weapons on offense. Joe Skates, of course. And then just kind of another interesting intro type note. You know, Jeff Myers, who was at Iowa State, is yep. is now at Memphis with the offensive line. Otherwise, yeah, I think Oklahoma State, that's a solid comparison. And as we get a little further, I'm curious seeing those numbers. Jake, how you feel, if you feel any more or less confident about Iowa State's chances uh, to win this game after just seeing those numbers first? Yeah, I I think I feel pretty good about Iowa State's chances. And, and obviously, there's been no announcement on whether TJ Tampa will play or not. I have no inside information. I have no idea. I would guess he probably doesn't, and he's probably the only Cyclone who doesn't play. You can't blame him at all. He First-round potential, probably no worse than a third-round pick. He's got the Senior Bowl coming up. But even without him, I think that the Iowa State defense will be good enough in this game. And Aiden was telling me an interesting stat off-air that that Jeff Woody shared on Cyclone Fanatic. Memphis has only scored less than 30 points three times this season. They're one and two in those games. Mm -hmm. So they've gotten into a lot of shootouts, and they've won pretty much all of those games. They only lost one of their shootouts. So if this is a game that's played in that like 30 to 20 range, I think Iowa State will win. If this somehow gets up in the 40s, which I know bowl games can get really, really weird, then who knows. But as we said, the Memphis defense is terrible. The stats don't really do it justice. I was watching – I pretty much watched the condensed highlights of all their games over the last couple days. They give up so many – big plays especially over the middle i want to say a game against oh i i should have wrote it down who they're playing let me look at their schedule quick a game against charlotte this charlotte tight end did one of the shallow crosser routes that yep. iowa state has loved to do with ben bramer almost went for like a 45 yard touchdown i would imagine that nate shieldhouse saw that play and that there is a t- ton of opportunity for Rocco Beck to utilize his weapons. And on top of that, their run defense is also awful. It uh they were giving up huge runs and just getting gashed with really no point of attack up front. Yeah, I think that, you know, just to hit on the Tampa note quickly, obviously they'd miss him. I mean the the best player on the entire totally. team, but but you're right. I think Iowa State's defense is good enough, deep enough as a whole. Uh, you know, even if there's maybe a little extra focus on the safeties in a game like that to definitely take care of things. I'll be curious if he doesn't. You know, I, I think that there's, it's one that you can't really uh, go wrong if you're TJ Tampa. Obviously, you know, unless there were an injury to happen or something, which obviously you you very much – don't want i'm really not sure you know obviously i I don't have inside info on it i think 
the pros would be, you know, one more chance, obviously with your team and maybe something like that can boost your, your stock even higher, but you made a great point with the senior bowl. And as for kind of Iowa state's offense, you know, I had a similar note. I, I think that Bramer will get some good focus. I see this being a pretty big Jalen Noel game, you know, because he's kind of that multidimensional weapon where if you get it to him, whether it's, whether it's deep or kind of some of those shorter gains with his speed and agility, he can turn those into massive plays. And I think that as a whole, I'll certainly be intrigued to see how Iowa state runs the ball. But like you mentioned, Memphis's defense is just, you know, they're a solid team, obviously with the amount of wins they have, but defense is not quite there. And I think that Iowa state is one of those teams, which is, a beautiful thing in college football that I think they're still very, you know, kind of concerned in a good way or locked in and motivated to win a bowl game and wrap up the season on a high note. Yeah. Let me go back to, to Jalen Knoll and even Higgins to, to a lesser extent in, in those, in those games, I saw them get beat deep a little bit. But that wasn't really like the main thing that was completely killing them. It was a lot of the 15-yard post route that a guy caught with nobody within five yards of him, breaks one tackle, scores a 60-yard touchdown, which is pretty much exactly what we saw Jalen Knoll do in Manhattan. So those opportunities will certainly be there. Obviously, Rocco is going to need to play like he did really down October, November of the season. And he's got to hit those open guys. And it, it goes without saying, but Iowa State can't. I don't think Iowa State can just come out there and play this game like they did in Ohio. I know they're way past that. That feels so long ago. But they can't yeah. just go out there. And even though they probably have an advantage – in the trenches, I still think, like we've been saying all year long, you've got to spread the floor, spread the field. I'm already in basketball mood. Uh, <laughs> spread the field, get it to your weapons, see what they can do, and uh, see if you can put up a lot of points. Yeah, I'm totally with you. You know, I kind of wrote that this feels like it could be the Rocco show again to me, even though. Iowa State can obviously run the ball. They've got some legit potential stars back there, as we've seen, and I know we've talked about a lot, but it just kind of feels like, whether it's the numbers he has put up, talking about Rocco, or kind of some of the accolades that he's gotten, whether it's Big 12, whether it was with 247 Sports, you know, some some of those areas. I just think he's going to kind of put a bow on what's been a really, really impressive year. And I don't really see a way that Iowa State does lose this game. They're not going to get blown out. And I don't really see a way that they lose unless, like you alluded to, Jake, they play a little bit more, you know, maybe conservative or like they did early in the season. But I just think there's several games, weeks, months past that. And that's why, you know, I haven't checked if the line changed recently in the last four or five days, but I'd be pretty confident in the Cyclones going into this one. And I'm sure even though it's obviously basically a home game, that the Cyclones will be traveling well for this game too. Yeah, let's let's pause the bull trip, 
thank our friends from Heartland Flags and Gifts. It's four days from Christmas, people. Hopefully you already got your presents. If you didn't, and you've got some time today, tomorrow, make a trip down to 3719 Southwest 9th and go get yourself, or no, don't get yourself a Heartland flag this time of year. Go get someone in your life a Heartland flag, and hopefully, hopefully that person that you're getting a flag for is smart enough and loves you that they also got you a Heartland flag, and it can be just a great little Christmas exchange. <laughs> between your favorite teams and in all your favorite sports and fly those flags down to Memphis, fly them proud and fly them high free shipping anywhere in the U S or of course you can go in store at 3719 Southwest ninth heartlandflags.com is where you can order. So the home field advantage, it's unique, but not that unique because Iowa state already faced this back in, 2017 when Memphis was led by now Florida State head coach Mike Norvell. So <laughs> I was watching the Boise State game, which was a game back in September or early October, I believe. And uh, <laughs> as they're running out of the tunnel, the announcer, she didn't give a specific time period but she just said over the past few years memphis has the fourth best home field advantage in all of college football and then i looked at their schedule all three of their losses came at home (laughs) (laughs) so just the perfect announcer's jinx so that was a stat that oh okay that's a that's a real advantage maybe they've been really good at home underneath ryan silverfield which they obviously have been, but all three of their their losses have have come in the Liberty Bowl. So in 2017, this game was it was packed to the brim, half red, half blue. I think it's still going to be a really good atmosphere. I don't think I'm expecting that just because this matchup has already happened in recent history. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think I'm in agreement with you kind of on some of the reasoning. I also, I, I kind of wish, I mean, it's not like it's on a terrible day or anything, but I wish that there was maybe, you know, a day, a day or two more for kind of that breathing time between the holidays. Maybe more fans could get out there. But I mean, I don't know how many the stadium holds, but I certainly expect it to be fairly close again to that, Jake. I just... One of my favorite things, you know, about my time there and about Iowa State is just the the sheer passion of the fans. And I think while we saw this matchup already and, you know, now I, I think we're kind of years removed and there has been even more success within the program. I think it's also kind of a nice reflection point on the year that with what happened in the offseason with the gambling issues and things like that, many people didn't expect this season to maybe go as well as it did. I know that we're a couple of people that did pick it to, to go so well, but you know, that's another point for me. So while I don't think it's going to be quite the same as it was in you know, 17, 18, uh, I guess the 17th season, I expect it to be at least 35, 40% Iowa State. 
Oh, yeah. So I was talking like both fan bases in general. Okay. If you consider 2017 a 100 and a plus, I'm predicting mm. like 90% A minus type. Oh, yeah. So, That's, yeah. Which will still be one of the, if not the best non New Year's Six atmosphere that there will be in bowl season all year long this year. So, uh, 17 was a little different because it was Iowa State's first trip to a bowl in five years. Yep. Memphis obviously playing at home, and they were like they were really good back then. That was the Paxton Lynch team, I believe. My memory's failing. Yeah. But no, I think so. Uh, I had a point, and I I totally forgot what I was going to say. Oh, so this year is similar to 17. In a little bit, not that it's the first bull trip in a while, but it's the first bull trip that people are excited for since 2018. So let's backtrack, of course. Obviously, last year, no bull. 21, Orlando, after probably the most disappointing season in school history, over under 10 and a half wins, win seven games. So... Not only are you not going to a New Year's Six Bowl like a lot of people expected or hoped, you're going to Orlando, which isn't exactly the the best bowl destination for a lot of people. The year before that, the Fiesta Bowl, which there would have been 50,000 people there if there could have been. No fans. 2019, Orlando again after kind of a rough end of the season in November. So... The Alamo Bowl in 2018 was awesome for everybody who went, and it's been five years since then. So that's what makes me think that there will be a rejuvenated, really excited Iowa State crowd. And like everything you added, it's drivable. There's a few days before Christmas. It's Memphis. It's fun, relatively cheap to a lot of other destinations. So I'm expecting a, a really good atmosphere and I, I cannot wait to be in the house for it. And no so rain you, as of right now. Are you going, are you working it or going as, as a fan? I don't remember. No, I'm working. So. Okay, sweet. I'll be flying uh, with Raina Garcia. We'll be flying to Memphis on Wednesday, flying to Orlando on Saturday, and then flying back to Iowa on January the second, man, that's so, going to be a fun week for you. Seriously, it's going to be right off really the holiday fun. too. That's awesome, Jake. Yeah, I was I was doing the math and just with with the Christmas and the weekend, I have like two normal days of work left this New Year. The rest will either be visiting family for Christmas or on the road for for bowl season. So I, I'm really excited. I I had a lot of fun last year in, in Nashville for the Music City Bowl. And this year, we get a double dip a little bit. So it, it, it'll be really fun for everybody involved. That's living the good life a little bit, man. That, that's sweet. I'm happy for you. You know, I know you didn't get to work as many maybe Iowa State games as you hoped this fall. So that'll be awesome. Then you'll get to see your Hawkeyes too. So that'll be good. <laughs> All right. Um, what well, thanks the, for tuning in today. Uh, this has been. <laughs> what was the Alamo Bowl matchup again? 
that was Washington State. Okay. Yeah. Against yep. Mike Leach. And that I actually didn't even get to watch that game. I was at a Nuggets game. <laughs> so I'm sit this is back in the day. I say back in the day. This is back when a lot of these arenas and stadiums didn't have just free Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the upper deck and have I have service, but you know how busy stadiums can be. Yeah. So I'm trying to stream the game, but it's just cutting out. So I miss most of it and get back to my buddy's place with like five minutes left. Actually, do you want to hear a fun story about that night? Let's do it. So this is back in my wide right Natty Light days. Matthias, if you're listening, I hate you. Hope you hear that. Um, just kidding. But uh, so, so I had this plan trip the whole whatever, three or four months with my friends who live out in Colorado, visiting their grandparents, and then we'd go to a Nuggets game. This is back when Monte Morris was on the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. So I applied for a press pass as a senior in high school, working for this blog site called Wide Right Natty Light. And they approve it. Their media guy, their media relation guy's awesome. He sets me up with everything. And I show up. I've never done this before. The only events I've ever been at were Iowa State football games where you just kind of show up to the press box and follow everybody around. I show up at the I like the basement level of the concourse. And I have no idea what I'm doing. I get my credential and the the media relations guy sent me an email and he's like, you can try and find me here and I can show you around. I went and looked for him, couldn't find him. So I'm just like the 17 year old wandering around and I didn't know what the rules were. So I end up in the Nuggets locker room and I interview Monte Morris for like three or four minutes before the game. And luckily, whoever, whether it was a security guard or just like a media intern, was nice enough to like let me finish the interview. And then he came up to me. He's like, hey, man, you're not supposed to be in here. Yeah. (laughs) This is like 45 minutes before the game. So, like, I'm interviewing Monte. Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. are like 10 feet away from me. And Monte and I are just chatting about um, the Iowa State-Washington State game that night. (laughs) <laughs> and it obviously I learned my lesson a little bit, but nobody, um, n- nobody got, nobody got in trouble or anything like that. And they are, they could obviously tell that I didn't know where I was supposed to be, but that was a, that was a, that was a pretty unforgettable night. I've got a picture and I'm like interviewing Monte, like just dead in the middle of the Nuggets locker room. <laughs> no, dude, that is an awesome, that is an awesome story. I've got a couple similar to that with, with NBA locker rooms, kind of when we were just too young and nobody said what you are or aren't supposed to yeah. uh, do in terms of interview timing. No, dude, that that is awesome. And it's kind of a cool uh, connection point to Iowa State football there as well. Yeah, and then I saw Monte when he was back a month, no, not a month, a year ago. He was back for his camp, and I think he threw out a first pitch at an iCubs game, and I ran into him at Fong's. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, man, thanks for taking the time to to talk to this 17-year-old when you probably just wanted to go get up some 
some pull-up jumpers. So shout out Monte Morris. I hope he gets healthy soon. He hasn't been able to play uh, at all this year for the Pistons. So hopefully he gets healthy. So how about we just get into some predictions for the game? I think we've we've covered enough of the X's and O's. I'll let you go first, Nick. Yeah, I, so I – man, that was an awesome story. I'm pretty confident, you know, like I said, I see high-scoring game. Obviously, that's not, you know, a crazy statement by any means. Not expected to be snowy like it was in Manhattan. But I do see kind of a similarly paced game. Uh, I think it's going to be the Rocco show. I think he throws for probably 260, 270, and three scores. And I've got Iowa State winning. Yeah, I don't even know what the over-under is, but a pretty high-scoring game. Give me 38 to 31 Cyclones. Yeah, if I had some blind betting advice, it would just be take the over. I think that's uh, through everything I've read, watched, that seems like the safest bet. I think what I, I love about this this matchup is Iowa State, of course, is going to be one of the most motivated bowl teams. They're not like some of these lower-level SEC schools or, or Big Ten schools that have nothing to play for, have had half their starters enter the portal. Iowa State has pretty much kept their entire team intact, at least in the two deep. And it's a springboard into next season this i mean a win or a loss in an exhibition game in memphis isn't going to have really any outcome on any results next season but a win that leaves a taste in the in the mouth that tastes good does so much for morale it does so much just for excitement around the program. Falls in the spring ball. So I, I think Iowa State will be a hungry team. And it's just it's a lot of young dudes that love playing football. And that, that's pretty clear. That really, really came out in Manhattan. I think we'll see that. But on the flip side, Memphis isn't this extremely depleted team that doesn't want to be there. They're playing in front of their home fans in their hometown. They're going to be motivated. Obviously, not many people in the program were around back in 17, but I'd imagine that the program didn't love really like having their own city taken over by another fan base. So it, it's a really fascinating bull matchup that has more storylines than just these two teams were picked to play against each other. And I, I appreciate that from a media perspective because it gives us something to talk about opposed to, I mean what a lot of Iowa fans and media members are dealing with and talking about a Tennessee team that's going to miss 10 starters or whatever. So for my prediction, I think that this has the chance to be a BYU style win. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to make that prediction, but I think it's more likely that Iowa State wins this game like 45 to 20 than it is they win it 20 to 17. So I'm going to go in the middle. 
kind of with you, and I'm going to pick Iowa State to win this one 38-23. And I think it'll just be a, a game where Iowa State's clearly just better. I mean, better, but also better up front. And that will probably offset the skill positions a little bit. Because Memphis, I mean, this Rock Taylor guy looks like a legit potential NFL. And same same with their running back, Blake Watson. So they've they've got skill guys that can be power five level players. But I do think that over the course of the game, Iowa State will win in the trenches. And their defense, of course, will be a huge step up from Memphis, and and that'll lead to a 38-23 Iowa State win. And then Chris Williams will sing William Hung at uh, Jerry the King Lawler's basement in celebration, and it'll be incredible. You'll be there? I think so. I got a 6 a.m. flight the day after the game, so... um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how I'm feeling after all all the work's done from the It's day. gonna be a fun trip, but we we've got you know similar predictions. I think you got the margin a little bit uh, larger, but around yeah high 30s for Iowa State. I like that a lot. And obviously, you know this is kind of our our holiday send off. So before we get into plans, just a few notes on the hoops team. Yeah, has been rolling a little bit. Uh, Since we kind of last, not since our last show, but since we last delved in a lot, and that was kind of around the Iowa game, you know, I've been able to watch a couple of the recent games. Uh, Obviously, you know, I like that team and just being able to prepare for the show. It hasn't really overlapped at all with the Badgers. So just a few notes I've seen. I think the team really knows and understands its identity at this point. Obviously, the staff and TJ are still defense first, but I think that there's just a, a little bit more, whether it's kind of going up in transition or the terrific guard play. I think it's just defense, trust, Taman and, and Gilbert at the top of the key. Obviously, Gilbert can drive a lot and feed the post. And that's one thing that I really liked. I think it was a little bit in the Iowa game and then certainly over this past weekend. I know we've talked about Rob Jones kind of at length, and I think Trey King's efficiency for the most part has been really impressive too. So from what I've seen, I think they're at that point where they kind of know what is best. Obviously, you know, Omaha Baloo got some time. Milan has been terrific as, as a shooter, as an overall player. Pav and Curtis Jones are kind of getting some more moments off the bench. I know that Jones had a really good shooting day recently. And I think just as a whole, it's been a little bit more of the team that we expected these last couple of weeks. Obviously, things are going to take a major jump in about oh. nine, ten days uh, with kind of the start of conference play and just again, actually no, yeah. they've got like almost fifteen days before a Big Twelve team. So they'll okay. play. They'll play another cupcake on New Year's Eve, and then it's okay. at. It's at Oklahoma the sixth. Houston comes to town the ninth. And oh boy, that uh, that's a start. Obviously, Oklahoma lost last night, their first loss of the season at home to North Carolina. And then we know who Houston is. So, 
Cyclone fans, before you get into conference play, don't get nervous. Just drink a glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon. Remember that this team is good. Like, no doubt. This team is good. They're really talented. The most talented team that, that Coach Ott has played. They, or has had, they still keep up that defensive intensity. They're probably not as good on defense because of the up and tempo, but the offense has obviously taken a step up. So this team is going to lose a lot of games in Big 12 play. But that's because almost every team in the Big 12 is going to lose probably more than seven games in Big 12 play. So this is my warning to Cyclone Fan A in the middle of February. Before you go on Twitter and freak out about what's wrong with the team, just pour yourself a nice glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon from Lonely Oak Distillery. Before that, go and ask your favorite liquor store, your grocery store, if they can get it for you. And remember, you know what? Sometimes it's hard to win on the road at Texas or at Baylor because the Big 12 is ridiculous this year. Especially those first, <laughs> the first nine game stretch is going to be crazy. And my, my kind of long-term prediction with this team is I think this will go back to kind of the Hoiberg days where nearly unbeatable at home. I think they'll go eight or one, eight and one, nine and oh, seven and two at home in Big 12 play. But they might only win one or two road games with how the schedule's shaping up. And those road games might come, I think, in the last two road games of the year. Because I know one of them is Central Florida, and then I believe they close the season at K-State. And K-State very well might be one of Iowa State's easiest road games. So, long story short, the Big 12 is a gauntlet. And... Iowa State's going to need Hassan Ward to come back. And this is something that I was thinking about just yesterday. When Ward comes back, do you think they just keep Rob in the starting lineup and bring Ward off the bench? I think for as well as Rob has played, it might be hard to kind of pull him from the starting lineup. Though I don't think you can go wrong as long as both players, I mean, they're both really hard workers and kind of continue to uh, love and accept the roles, which I, I definitely foresee. I do think, yeah, Hassan Ward, his length, defensive intensity, I think that'll be really good uh, to see when he comes back. And, you know, kind of regardless of the exact schedule, my, yeah, my lead in was just more so, like you said, things are going to get ramped up and quickly. I, I don't think Oklahoma, I know they, they lost to North Carolina. I don't think they're a top 10 team, but they are good and they're vastly improved. So I think, and, yeah. 
and that's it's, that's it's a place that Iowa State has really struggled, like for a long time. Yeah, that's a hard place to win, and they've. I feel like they always play, or not always. That's being hyperbolic, but they they open the season at Oklahoma a lot. I know they did it yeah, back in, we have back seen in 2015. That. So that, it's just a, it's a tough place to win. And then you get maybe the best team in the country in your building a couple days after that. At students there or not State. yet? Nope. So students will miss, I believe, two games. Houston okay. and Oklahoma State, which Oklahoma State should be a win no matter what. That team's awful. But then – after Oklahoma State, you go at BYU, at TCU. I mean, those are both tournament teams, BYU, maybe a top four seed. And then you come back home, K-State, KU, at Baylor, at Texas. Whew. So that that's like the really brutal stretch. And then... The second half of the schedule is a little easier because you get TCU at home, go to Cincy, Tech at home, at Houston, West Virginia, OU at home, at Central Florida, BYU at home, at K-State. So this might be be something where Iowa State very well could be like three and six, four and five in their first nine, but then rattle off seven out of nine down the stretch because of how the schedule works out so i'm just ones in a row i'm just saying this in advance because i know i know exactly how (laughs) like i don't know how it's going to go but i know how the reaction is going to be if it goes how i just predicted yeah that's that's pretty accurate with with some of the cyclones fans uh that you would you know kind of referred to i mean it happens with just about any fan base i see as no- as normal you know i i see kind of a a middle ground uh within there you know I, i'm sure that they'll surprise people with a big time win early on yeah. and then you know it happens where a team slips up late but i mean there's no question as of right now that first half of the conference schedule appears to be tougher uh, then late, but yeah, overall, those were just kind of some things that I've seen, you know, really from the team recently that I think leading to some success as we dip closer to the holidays and conference season. I do have one bold prediction that I'm, that I'm very confident of free throw shooting will lose them two games, two games, maybe more probably not less. So that uh that's something that I'm certain that TJ Altsberger is aware of and they better hope that that gets better before Big 12 play. Because these road games especially the ones at OU, at Cincy, at K-State, those are going to be like four or five point games, give or take. Yeah. And that's where the the free throw shooting will come into play. So that's that's just something that'll keep Iowa State fans up at night if it if it doesn't get better. So, what are you doing for Christmas, Nick? 
Man, I, I can't wait. So generally, you know, I I get to have like a little bit of a kind of fun basketball game at the local Y with my cousins to kind of oh, start yeah. things off. Uh, I, I love that tradition. We do kind of our, our massive night with most of the family down in Rockford. That's Christmas Eve. Um, and then, you know, Christmas, I'm all over. I, so I, I start at the grandparents' place down in Rockford. Then I go to my mom's still in Rockford. We do a little family uh, planning there. And then come back up here to Madison where my dad is, see him, my grandma, that part of the family. And I usually end, uh, you know, the holiday, usually obviously talking about Christmas with just a, a few gifts between uh, myself and, and Vivi to kind of wrap things up. But then it's weird, Jake. I don't know if I mentioned on the show, uh, I'm actually not going out to cover the Badgers bowl game. I have a oh. full-time colleague here, so he'll be doing that. So I'm going to be kind of sticking around these states doing some, you know, football and basketball recruiting coverage, which... As you know, I, I love probably just as much, but a little bit weird for me, for sure. You know, the just really any trip for for media members is really fun, but it's a lot of work. That's what I know. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to hear about the day to day. But it's never a bad thing if every now and then you don't go on the trip and just. Stay at home, get some family time, relax a little bit. So, so that'll be, that'll be really fun. What are you doing for Christmas? So I've got, I've got a, a Christmas on Friday, a Christmas on Saturday. So on Friday, it'll be my, um, my dad's girlfriend's parents, just in, in the metro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday, I'll head over to Iowa City for my my grandparents, my my mom's parents. Sunday will be Christmas Eve service at church, and then I got to work. Um, that's like really the oh, only wow. day. That's like the only day I've got to work. Christmas weekend, which okay, I'll, I'll take that trade off. So, um, a lot of NFL that day. So, that'll be really what the sports coverage consists of. And then Monday, I'm off work, so. I'll do morning at my mom's, afternoon at my dad's, and then just do nothing but watch hoops and football all day. And then one full day before heading out to bowl season. Man, that actually, that, like, your Christmas sounds awesome. I love mine, but just kind of the vibes of seeing the family and then getting to just sit and watch some sports are fun. That sounds truly awesome. As, I, as you know, for people that are just listening, I got a big smile on my face for my guy, Jake. You know, we've been we've been grinding with our obviously full time jobs and stuff. And it's always nice in this business to just get to relax and watch a little sports for fun, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been on this earth long enough now, 22 years where. It's just everyone in my family, in my life knows I'm watching NBA on Christmas. It, <laughs> I mean, there, there's nothing I can pilot. There's no like, let's go look at Christmas lights. No, it's it's Warriors Nuggets, baby. I'm I'm watching that, and then Brock Purdy in prime time Christmas Christmas night against yeah. the Ravens, and honestly, winner probably 
if the Niners win, Brock locks up the MVP. If the Ravens win, Lamar probably opens the door and it becomes a two-man race. So yep. it'll well it'll be a, it'll be a it'll be a huge huge day for Brock Purdy. Now Lamar's one of my favorite players, but I think the way to put it, you you said it super well. I think that in order for Lamar to win MVP, probably has to win this game. Yeah, for Brock. Even if they lose, you know, a close game, as long as he doesn't really, really struggle. And then, I mean, the rest of their schedule, it's what, two, three more games after that. I think just two right. should be wins. So I think, yeah, I do think that he's going to get it, which is pretty dang Bonkers. crazy and impressive to say. Uh, but I think that's going to be a fun game. I mean, I like both teams, actually. Uh, potential to be a Super Bowl rematch of the Harbowl we saw a long time ago. So. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be a great game Monday. I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, it's it's one of the best days of the year. Christmas Day, baby. Presents, ham, Christmas cookies, NBA, and now we throw in some football this year. I'll be a I'll be a happy, unbothered man all day. I can't wait. <laughs> and then I love it. Man. Maybe a glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon too. Mixed it in with the eggnog. Can never go wrong. Aiden, any fun plans, sir? No. Jake's right. There he is. <laughs> no, I'm just spending time with family when I'm not in Memphis, I guess. So nothing too crazy. Okay. Fair enough, man. You guys are gonna have a great time down there. I'm uh I'm pumped for you guys. Yeah, thanks. Aiden, we're we're eating barbecue every meal. Every single meal. That's right? my plan. Yeah. I'm also on the lookout for Mechanical Bull, so should be a fun time. What? Is that your yeah. intern job? That's what uh, Grant Mahoney and Jeff Woody decided. That's how I graduated from being an intern to what? being not what an day, intern. What day do you officially start full-time? Is it just after January 1st. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Intern Aiden gets to go crazy one more week before, yep. before coming. One last time. For the Not culture. Time. All right. You fellas got anything else? Just, you know, a sincere thank you truly to, to all of our listeners. Like like Jake, my man said, we uh we won't be on with a freshman next week. So I hope everybody has an incredible holiday season. You know, enjoy family, friends, and safe travels for those going down to Memphis. I'm sure I know those Cyclones fans are gonna have a great time. And we're going to be super active on social media. So go follow Iowa everywhere, Twitter, TikTok, all that fun stuff. Uh, we're still going to have, I believe, some programming next week. And then, of course, yep. we're, going to, we're going to have the content out there in Memphis, just maybe not on this platform. So Cyclone fans, if you're going to the game, enjoy. If you're not, enjoy some good time with family. And we will be back, I think, after the new year, as crazy as that sounds. Thanks for tuning in to Firmly Entrenched. Iowa everywhere.